podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Wednesday, the 14th of April, and we're brought to you, as always, by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider. That's a virtual privacy network. allows you to go online, change your location, access American Netflix, access Now TV from outside the UK if Brexit is stopping you from doing that. Also keeps your data safe online. Check out LibertyShield.com. Use the code EPL VPN to get 20% off at checkout. We're also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and homeware company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Check out homeofhopcroft.co.uk for any giftware or homeware needs. Right, folks, it is Wednesday. There were Champions League games last night. One of them was one of the maddest games of football you may ever see. Paris Saint-Germain versus Bayern Munich in the second leg. Bayern won 1-0 on the night, but go out on away goals. 3-3 in aggregate. PSG had many opportunities to win this game. Fluffed their lines. Bayern had moments of brilliance. But if it wasn't for Lucas Hernandez at centre-back, they'd probably lose this game 3-1. Hernandez was brilliant. Bayern badly missed Serge Gnabry, badly missed Robert Lewandowski, and badly missed Leon Goretzka in the middle of the park, giving them some drive. David Alaba was forced to play in midfield. Now, that did work in terms of Hernandez coming into the team, and hopefully Hernandez can make a claim to be first choice for next year. Upa Meccano will come in to replace Boateng. I think they need a right-back. I think Pavard is a good player, but he's a centre-back, not really a right-back. I know he played right-back for France when they won the World Cup, but he is by nature a a centre-back. So I think right-back needs to be a priority for Bayern this summer. They'll have Upamecano, Hernandez, Pavard and Nicolas Sewell as their, their centre-back core. Alfonso Davies at left-back has not gotten anywhere close to the levels that he set for himself last year. He has a lot to learn defensively, but he's still a very, very exciting player. Kimmich and Goretzky, you'd imagine, will be the midfield two moving forward. For me, I'd be inclined to move Kimmich back to right back. He's a he's a really, really, really good midfielder. Don't get me wrong. But I do prefer him at right back. I, I think at right back, he's the best in the world in that position. And if they could find someone to replicate some of what Thiago used to do, Next to Goretzka, I think that would give them a better balance. They have been linked strongly with Eduardo Camavinga. Slightly different type of player, obviously, but an immense talent. Personally, I'd be inclined to do that. Go and get the guaranteed great midfielder. Move Kimmich to right back. There's a shortage of great right backs in the game at the moment. 
I think if you put Kimmich there, you solve that problem. Kamavinga uh, solves the midfield. In attack, Sané, super talent, better on the left wing than the right wing, it must be said. Gnabry, when he plays, incredible. But again, better on the right wing than the left wing, where Hansi Flick likes to use him. And then Kingsley Coleman can play either side. Tremendous player. Probably the best third winger anybody has. Thomas Muller and Lewandowski as their kind of 9 and 10. They probably do need to start looking at a long-term replacement for Lewandowski. I think Jamal Musiala is going to be the long-term replacement for Muller in that number 10 role. Bayern last night could only field seven subs because of an injury crisis that they have, whereas PSG had 12 on the bench, um, including some some notable names like Marco Verratti, Rafinha, Moise Keane of Everton, uh, Ander Herrera, Alessandro Florenzi, who at one point was tagged to be the next Daniele De Rossi. Um, PSG's squad is very strange. You look at the team they played last night. Colin Dagba, an academy graduate right back. Good player. Not sure how how kind of high up he can go. But he's solid. He's not spectacular, but he is solid. Danilo Pereira played centre-back. He's a holding midfielder. Presnel Kimbembe is one of the one of the better centre-backs in the world. Diallo played left-back. He's a centre-back. So in the back four, they've got two players playing out of position. Idrissa Ganagay, formerly of Everton in midfield, with Leandro Paredes, super talented player who really did struggle to live up to the expectations. He was one of Sarri's projects. He went to Roma from Boca Juniors as a 10, got loaned out. Sarri got hold of him, converted him into a deep-lying playmaker. He's been to Zenit St. Petersburg for a couple of years and now to PSG. He's kind of been a backup there to Verratti don't normally see the two of them play together. But last night, I thought he was brilliant. And then the three behind the one, Draxler, to me, is one of the most disappointing players of the last decade. Never lived up to the potential. But on the opposite side, Di Maria, he's got to be one of the most underappreciated players of the last 15 years. People put too much stock in his time at Manchester United, forgetting that for the first seven to ten games there, he was brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Then Van Hal started messing around with things. He found himself playing wing-back for a spell. It was not his fault that his time at Manchester United did not go well. He is a fantastic midfielder, fantastic winger. He's proven that at Benfica, at Real Madrid, and now again at PSG. Um, he is 33, so they're going to have to look at replacing him in the, in the kind of the near future, they'll probably want to upgrade on Draxler. I think Draxler's contract is up this summer. They've got good depth and quality in midfield. Neymar is obviously, when he's on form, when he plays like he did last night, he is unbelievable. He is a sensational player. Now, he's a little bit wasteful in front of goal. That's fair to say. But he's such a talented player. It's so frustrating that we don't get to see Neymar play like this 45 times a season. He only plays about 30 games a year for whatever reason. Injuries, going back to Brazil, taking time off for his sister's birthday, whatever it is. But when he's in the mood, he's sensational. And obviously, Kylian Mbappe up front. Uh, enough has been said about him. He's he's going to be a superstar. He is a superstar. He's going to be the best player in the world at some point. Um when you look at the amount of money that they've spent, 
to have that team, it's a bit disappointing to not be substantially better. Now, I know Marquinhos was missing at centre-back, so he would have started next to Kimbembe. That's a big upgrade. Personally, I would want a more natural left-back than Diallo, who's a good player, but he's he looks like a centre-back playing left-back. And I think I'd want an upgrade on Dagba as well. Keylor Navas is a good goalkeeper. He's obviously come up big time in the Champions League for Real Madrid in the past, now for PSG. But again, I think you'd want an elite goalkeeper when you've spent that much money. Um, Verratti is world-class in midfield, but again, there's no world-class partner for him. Gaillet is good. Pereira's good. Paredes, when he, when he wants to be, is very, very good. But I, I still think you'd want a bit more. And two wingers. So that it is a, sh- a squad short on elite-level players. Like They've got those two big stars up front. Verratti's great. Marquinhos is great. Kimbembe is great, but he came through the academy. And then the rest of it's just sort of hodgepodge together. Um, it's, it's strange to me that you could spend that much money and end up with that squad and have that caliber of academy and have so many of your best academy graduates playing elsewhere. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Why do they continually lose their best academy players? For peanuts as well. Like, even if they're not starters, they, like, if you could have Diaby from Leverkusen, Nkunku from Leipzig, Bubakari Samare from Lille, if you could have those three back, even if they were just on your bench, That'd be great quality to have there. They've got Tilo Carrera on the bench. He's a centre-back they brought in from Schalke for big money and decided to convert him into a right-back. It's been a mess. Sergio Rico's their backup goalkeeper. He's distinctly average. Sarabia is talented but inconsistent. Ander Herrera's yeah, meh. Florenzi's never really done it consistently because of knee injuries. Mitchell Backer's talented but inconsistent. Timothy Pembele is a young kid still making his way. Still, same for Kenny Nagira and Yanis Sedana. Uh, Sedani, rather. They, they're all young players, but they could have an immensely strong bench just of their own academy players, and they could have spent all their money on the first 11. It's a strange thing. But they're, look, they're in the Champions League semi-final. They will play the winner of tonight's game between Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. City lead 2-1 after the first leg. I think City are going to have an uncomfortable night. Haaland's been in a bit of a a slump, but the big stage, I think tonight may be the game he he, he fires back out of that, so City might need to score a couple to get through. City, if they get by Dortmund, I don't think will fear PSG. Other than those two up front and Verratti when fit, there's no real... Consistent match winners. Di Maria aside. But even Di Maria at 33, you, you don't really want to be relying on him every game. He's not at the peak of his powers anymore. I think City will quite fancy themselves to get past PSG if they beat Dortmund. I think they'll be more concerned about Dortmund with Haaland than they will about P- about PSG. Because I think the way PSG play will kind of play into City's hands. And especially with the issues that PSG have defensively. Now, Marquinhos should be back for those games, but City's ability to drag defenders out of position 
especially when you've got a young right back and a left back who's actually a centre back. I think the City are going to be able to get joy in those areas. Now, the two centre backs are tremendous, absolutely tremendous. Marquinhos and Kimbembe, one of the best pairings in the world. But I think City will be be confident. Um, news coming out of Bayern after that game, or, or surrounding Bayern, I should say, is that Hansi Flick, the manager, could walk away and go take the German national team job. This has been rumoured for a while that he was the number one pick. He'd obviously worked under Joachim Lowe before. He's been at odds with the director of football or the sporting director, as he is at Bayern, Hassan Salahamazic, over transfer policy, the direction of the club, things like that. Now, Flick wants to be a manager. He wants to have control. At Bayern, you're a head coach. At Bayern, there's a very strict structure to the club. It's what works for them. It's why they're the best-run club in the world. It's why they've had so much success. The coach coaches the team. The sporting director buys the players. The sporting director generally has final say. It was the same under Pep. Same when Ancelotti was there. doesn't really matter who the manager is. The sporting director will have final say on transfers. There's an advisory board made up of former players. They will have input. There's an enormous scouting department, an enormous analytics department. The coach will have input. He will say what he wants, what characteristics he wants. He can suggest players. But the sporting director has final say. It's the same under uh, Salah Hamasic as it was under Matthias Zammer before him. Zammer maybe was a little bit better at the, the politicking side of the game. Massaging the manager's ego. He had been a manager himself, remember. Matthias Sammer won the Bundesliga as manager of Dortmund. Hassan Salahamazic has never been a manager. So he doesn't have that aspect to him. And he's he's meant to be a little bit abrasive. He's an abrasive player. Um, But the rumour is that Hansi Flick is going to resign at the end of the season and go take the German job. Lothar Matthias was on German TV last night. He said that he believed that was the last Champions League game that Flick would would oversee, that he would take over the German job in the summer. Now, whether he has insight or not, I don't know. You'd imagine he has some sort of knowledge. He's one of the greatest German players of all time. He's one of the greatest players of all time. You'd imagine he has connections in the right places, both at Bayern and with the national team. So if he leaves... It's well known that Julian Nagelsmann is the first choice to replace him. Nagelsmann is who they wanted when they originally appointed Flick. Nagelsmann's been at Leipzig now for almost two seasons. He's done well. Hasn't quite managed the the sustained title challenge that was hoped for. But the question would be then who would replace him. Jesse Marsh from Salzburg seems the logical choice. Already in their system. Someone they know well has been at Leipzig before, also managed New York Red Bulls. And that then would open up the Salzburg job where they'll likely go for someone young, someone they can develop and then eventually move on to um, to Leipzig. It could well be that Rene Marich, who's the current assistant manager of Borussia Mönchengladbach and people on social media will know he kind of got his start and became known through putting his work out there on Twitter. Um, 
he was the assistant manager at Red Bull Salzburg under Marco Rose, went to Gladbach with Rose. Rose is going to Dortmund this summer. He will probably want to bring Rene Maric with him. But he may be someone, Maric may be someone that gets consideration for the Salzburg job. It's strange to see a manager who's, he's only been at the at, at Bayern for what, like 18, 19 months at this point? But he has won everything already. German title last year. He'll win another this year. German Cup last year. Champions League last year. World Club Cup. Hansi Flick has won it all. There's nothing really left for him to do there. So maybe it does make sense for him to go back to the national team. He might prefer working with the national team as well. He might prefer that kind of structure. Not having that day-to-day training grind. But been able to see the big picture, been able to have his hands in in every different pie, kind of the way Yoki Lowe has had to be able to influence how the German national team plays from under 16s on up. It might suit him better. He's done a great job at Bayern, though. It needs to be said. He's done a great job at Bayern. And um, if and when he decides he wants another club job, he definitely won't be short of offers. Uh, one other bit of managerial news in the Bundesliga is that Borussia Mönchengladbach to replace Marco Rose have appointed Adi Hütter as the head coach starting next season. He will work under Max Burls, who's one of the better sporting directors in Europe. It's a bit of a strange move for Hütter. Now, I understand Gladbach is a bigger club, more glamorous club, but Eintracht Frankfurt are almost certainly going to be in the Champions League next year. And he's walking away from that. So he's obviously gotten the big bag of money. He's obviously been promised certain things. Uh, Gladbach are a well-run club. They have a talented squad. They're never a rich squad. They're never a club that spends massive money on individual players. They'd rather buy three £10 million players than one £30 million player. It's what works for them. He will be tasked, obviously, at getting them into the Champions League, something that Marco Rose has been unable to do uh, this season. He obviously had them in it. They they played in the Champions League this season, haven't qualified last season, but won't be in it um, for next season. So the Frankfurt job is going to be a very appealing one as well. There's going to be a lot of coaches linked. And I think the latest name is Ralph Ranić. That could be an interesting one. Freddie Bobic is believed to be leaving as sporting director. So maybe Ranić takes over with full control. Coach for maybe two years, moves into sporting director role after that. That would suit Ralph Ranić. He was meant to take that kind of role at Schalke and something happened and it went wrong. But, you know, we'll wait and see. Uh, In the other game last night, Chelsea overcame Porto. They lost 1-0 in the night, but they had the 2-0 lead from the first leg. A decent game of football. Um, Chelsea looked fairly controlled for most of the game. Now, Mehdi Taremi's goal, if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube immediately. Pause the podcast, go on YouTube, watch the goal. It's one of the better goals you're going to see this season. Um, Chelsea into another semi-final. I think that's seven. No, that's eight Champions League semi-finals in the Champions League era. It's eight semi-finals Chelsea will have been in. Um, they've only won one that's a bit of a disappointing return but it's a good achievement for Thomas Tuchel in his first season to have overcome Atletico Madrid and now Porto 
they will face the winner of Liverpool and Real Madrid. That's a very tight game regardless of who they play. Liverpool Liverpool at full strength, I believe, would wipe the floor with this Chelsea team. But the current Liverpool is far from full strength. No Van Dijk, no Matip or Gomez. That's, you know, that's their foundation gone. Now, Chelsea struggled to score goals. They're great defensively. They've only conceded nine goals in the 18 games under Tuchel. Five of them came in one game. But they have struggled to score goals. That's been sort of the major issue for Thomas Tuchel. Um, in In the 18 games that he has overseen, they've only scored 25 goals. They've only scored two or more on nine occasions. One of them was in that 5-2 defeat to West Brom. Another was in a cup game against a lower league team, Lincoln, I think. Who did they, I can't remember who they played. They played somebody in the lower leagues and scored two. It doesn't really matter who it is. So Chelsea aren't a team that are going to blow you away. They don't have massive firepower in attack, and certainly not one that's clicking. They have the talent there. Hudson-Odoi, Pulisic... Werner, Havertz, Giroud, and of course Tammy Abraham. The talent is there. It just hasn't clicked yet under Tuchel. Now, he probably doesn't mind too much because played 18, won 12, drawn four, and lost only two. One of those defeats is last night, a game that's irrelevant to them in terms of the defeat because they go through. So only one defeat that has had any real consequences, that was the one against West Brom. They've been very, very good under him. They play a nice brand of football now. They look very controlled and measured. They've got defensive structure. They've got a game plan. They've got patterns of play. Everybody seems to know what their assignment is, except for Timo Werner, who couldn't figure out which wing he was meant to be playing on. But that's neither here nor there. Tuchel is going to probably take Chelsea into the semi-final as favourite, regardless of whether it's Liverpool or Real. Now, it does look like it will be Real. Real, obviously, 3-1 up on Liverpool. Liverpool are going to need a gargantuan effort to overcome Real tonight. And there's a lot of talk about what team Jurgen Klopp could pick. I've seen some people say he should leave Ginny Wijnaldum out. Not really sure what the base of that is. Now, if you're leaving him out to motivate him so that you get angry Ginny coming on the field at half time, that's one thing. The idea that he shouldn't play because he doesn't turn up in these type of games is nonsense. Last season, against Atletico Madrid, while certain other midfielders cowered and hid, Ginny Wijnaldum scored a goal and made a goal and led the fight back against Atletico. The year before, he comes off the bench for Andy Robertson. James Milner goes to left-back. He comes on furious and scores twice to put Liverpool through against Barcelona. So the idea that Ginny doesn't turn up in these kind of games is nonsense. He is the guy that consistently turns up in these type of games. He's also the guy Klopp plays in every big game. Last season, not not last season, sorry, two seasons ago, Champions League semi-final, Bayern Munich, or Barcelona away. God, I can't speak. Barca away. No Firmino, no Salah. He plays Ginny Wijnaldum as a false nine. Just to have him on the pitch. Just to have him in the team. Because he knows what he can offer. Ginny Wijnaldum is going to start tonight unless Jurgen Klopp is trying to motivate him. 
in which case he'll come on at halftime and probably score too. But Liverpool need to score early in this game. I think Liverpool need to get a goal underneath their belts and start then to get comfortable in the game. Start to play their football, start to make Bayern's, uh, make Real sweat. If they can get their second goal with 15 to 20 minutes left and force Real to come onto them, they might even get a third. But Real, as things stand, can just sit in, pass the ball around, look to hit Liverpool on the counter-attack using that uh, Tony Cruz to Vinicius long ball. They obviously have injury problems. Lucas Vasquez is going to miss this game, so Audrey Azola is the likely starter at right back. Valverde's probably not 100% fit. Tony Cruz not 100% fit. No Varane, no Ramos. But Militao was great against Liverpool in the first leg, was great against Barca at the weekend. Nacho's always very solid. He's the, the Johnny Evans of Spain. He's 7 out of 10 every single week. Real are going to be hard to beat tonight. I think Liverpool will win, but go out. I think, they, I think they'll win 2-1. Uh, I do think City will get through, but I think it's going to be tough. I could see a 2-2 or something of that nature in that one. A um, little bit of news very quickly. Billy Sharp has been ruled out for the rest of the season after having surgery on a thigh injury. Um, he scored three goals in 14 games this season. And um, look, at the end of the day, he gets to miss relegation. That's all he's going to miss out on. Um, I'd be interested to see if they keep him for next season. I really hope this means Rian Brewster's going to start playing, but I have doubts. I don't understand why Brewster wouldn't be playing every single game from now till the end of the season, but Sheffield United have made such an amazing mess of this season that who knows what they'll do. Uh, one other bit of news, Dortmund say they do not need to sell players this summer. There will be no cut price sales. Sancho, Haaland, Bellingham, Reina. They want to keep them all, and if they are going to sell them, they are going to be top, top price. Hans-Joachim Watzke, who's the Watzke, I should say, who is the CEO of Borussia Dortmund, has said, when COVID-19 struck, we had no debt, not one euro. Because of that, it's a comfortable situation. We do not have to sell a player, and that is important. The rich clubs in football... They must know when they want a player from Borussia Dortmund, there are two possibilities. The first is that I will tell them they have no chance. Other times I will tell them this is the price. They must know that this is the price. It's not another price. And it has worked for them. You, you look at the money they got for Aubameyang, the money they got for Usman Dembele, how they held their nerve last summer with Sancho. Um, I really like how Dortmund do the business. I really do. I think they're, I think they've got a great approach. I, I wish they could keep that team together. There's so much talent there. They're, they need a goalkeeper. They've got two okay goalkeepers, neither of them good enough to be a title-winning goalkeeper. They need an upgrade at right back. The, when they had um, Hakimi, was brilliant. He left. They downgraded. It hasn't really worked for them with either of the players they're using this season. I really like Akanji at centre-back. He does have injury problems, but they have Dan Axel Zagadou, so they could kind of platoon those two. Hummels is still valuable as a leader. 
as you know someone in the dressing room who can be a, a voice for the younger players. But I, I would want a better starter than him at this point in his career. He's fine in certain situations, and if you switch to a three, you can bring him in and out of the team. But I, I would want a starting centre-back. Uh, I do like Rafa Guerrero at left-back, so that's fine. Um, they've got Emre Chan, they've got Axel Witzel, they've got Mo Dehoud in midfield. I'd look to upgrade on Thomas Delaney and get a fourth in. doesn't have to be uh, anyone massive, but they also, they also have Jude Bellingham there. So maybe they can just let Delaney go and not bother. Then they'd have, say, Witzel and Bellingham, Chan and Dehoud for the two positions. Um, in attack, they've got loads of options. They've got Reyna, they've got Sancho, they've got Haaland. They've also got Julian Brand, Torgan Hazard, and Marco Royce, um, as well as other young players coming through. Makoko M- uh, um, is one. They can't think of the name of the kid that played in the first leg against City, but they do have options there. So they're not far away from having a really, really good team. Like a goalkeeper, a right back, and a centre back would really put them on the path to challenging for a title if they could keep that group of young players together, they would just, they would all grow together, develop together. And I, I think, I think they'd be sensational. I really, really do. Um, but yeah, I mean, Dortmund say they don't need to sell. They don't need to sell. And he's had a, he's had a little pop at Pep Guardiola as well. So Guardiola, I think it was in relation to Sancho. He basically said that, you know, Dortmund pay a lot of money to agents and then agents bring players to them. And he pointed out that um, the German club have spent 10 million more than City in agents fees. Now that's agents fees that are declared. However, Watzke turned around and pointed out that since Guardiola took over in 2016, which is less than five full seasons ago, he has spent 770 million pounds. 770 million pounds. Consider that he's got a couple more years left in his contract after this and two more years on his extension. He may well hit the billion pound mark in seven years. There's clubs that haven't spent that since the dawn of time. But, you know, Pep does Pep and Dortmund have a different approach. Uh, We'll take a break. When we come back, I want to have a look at the Premier League, which is what we're here to do. And what clubs might want to do this summer? So what areas they may need to address? Back after these. Right, welcome back. Hope you enjoyed those lovely ads from Acast. Um, right, want to have a look at the Premier League, the 20 teams, and what they may need this summer when they hit the transfer market. Obviously, last summer was a, a quieter transfer market than normal and then January was a big flop for everybody nobody really did a whole lot of anything so we'll start with Man City obviously top of the league um, going to be league champions depth is the big thing for them they're going to lose Aguero they'll probably lose Fernandinho this summer so they'll probably want to bring in some depth to replace them when you look at their team Ederson's a great goalkeeper no, he's a good goalkeeper who's great with his feet. He's a great player. Kyle Walker's a solid right back. I think you'd ideally like to upgrade on Kyle Walker, but finding someone who can do what he does for you where he can also play as centre-back, that's where it gets a little bit tricky. But 
That will be one area to look at. Centre-back, they're sorted. They've got Stones, Diaz, Laporte and Aki. They'll be absolutely fine there. Uh, Jack and Sale and Mendy at left-back, they're fine. Um, so in defence, I, th- I think a right-back, and even if it's just a high-caliber backup so, or someone they can develop, I think that's absolutely fine. Um, I know Canseo can play there as well, so that's kind of who their backup is at the moment. But he's really good at left-back. I really like him as an inverted fullback. Um, into midfield then, Rodri's very, very good. But if Fernandinho's going, you're going to need a backup for Rodri. So that's one area to look at. De Bruyne, Gundogan, Bernardo Silva can play instead of either of those two. So I think you're okay in that regard. Phil Foden can also fill in there if needed. And they've got some good young players coming through in, in midfield. They've also got Yangel Herrera, who'll come back off a loan at Granada. And I'd like to see get a chance, but I suspect he'll probably end up being sold with some sort of buyback, similar to what they did with Douglas Louise. Uh, Douglas Louise would make a really good addition in midfield if they wanted someone who could play as a backup to Rodri, but also partner Rodri in a, in a double pivot in certain games. Um, in attack, again, Bernardo Silva and Foden are depth pieces. They've got Mares, they've got Sterling, they've got Gabriel Jesus. I think one more up front, like a, not necessarily a nine. I mentioned a Yarzabal uh, a week ago from Real Sociedad. I think, I think he'd be a really nice fit. Um, can play anywhere across the front three. Could probably drop into midfield if you needed to, him to. Very intelligent player, very hardworking player. Would fit with Pep's kind of game plan and this positionless play that they've been they've been showcasing. That double the, the, the throwback, the WM, or it's actually an MW for them uh, formation. So I think one an attack to replace Aguero doesn't have to be a big name. And if it, even if it's not a yards ball, even if it's just somebody that comes in for, you know, another Ferran Torres type, and of course they've got Ferran Torres, who I didn't mention, but another one like that, another young player that they can bring into the mix, develop and bring along. Um, someone to replace Fernandinho, I think that's going to be important. And then, like I say, either, either a backup or a replacement for Kyle Walker. Three players, and I think they're fine. I don't think they need to go and do major surgery on the squad this summer. I think they've got what they need. And their academy is full of talent. They've got a bunch of players out on loan they could maybe bring back in, have a look at. But City are in great shape. And they've obviously got the manager that they know they want. Um, For United, they need a bit more. They need to figure out what the goalkeeping situation is. So when you've got two starting goalkeepers, you have no starting goalkeepers. Is it De Gea? Is it Henderson? If it's going to be Henderson, you'll have to sell De Gea. You can't have him on the bench on 350 grand a week. So... That's something they'll need to address. If it's De Gea, you'll probably have to loan Henderson out because I don't think he'll want to sit on the bench either. So either way, you're probably going to have to bring in a backup goalkeeper to replace the one that's moving out. Looking at the defence, Luke Shaw and Alex Tellers at left-back. That's absolutely fine. Juan Basak at right-back. They do own Diogo Delot or Delo, who's on loan at AC Milan. Now, He's he is a good player. United never really used him properly. They tended to use him as almost a wing back or a or a winger. But he's much better when used as a fullback and given kind of room in front of him to run into. 
completely different style to uh, Juan Bissaka. Obviously, far more attack minded than Juan Bissaka, who's a defensive player. But for me, I just look to bring him back in. If they don't, they need to uh, they need to add a different type of right back to give themselves a different look in certain games. Um, at centre back, they've got Maguire, they've got Lindelof, they've got Bailly. I think Bailly, when he's at his best, is the best of the three of them. Um, but he's obviously got a lot of injury issues, and he doesn't play nearly enough for for Oli. Lindelof is good, but you can't really play him and Maguire and hope to win major honours because there's just a lack of pace between the two of them. Now, they may, they may well win the Europa League this season. Like, do they want a medal? Well, they, they'll get a medal, but, you know, maybe we'll send them a Blue Peter badge. It's it's not really a trophy that a team that spent this kind of money should be, should be contending for. Um, they'll need a starting centre-back. Now... Ideally, you want someone with pace, someone that reads the game well, and someone that sweeps his partner very, very well, because Maguire is going to start, regardless of the fact that he's not the best centre-back at the club. He is the one that will stay in the team, because he's the captain, because they spent £80 million on him. So Maguire will start. They need to buy a partner for him. That's a starter. That has to be a starting-caliber centre-back. Ideally right-sided, because Maguire does prefer to play left-side, but if they are interested in Pau Torres, which is the, the heavy rumour, then Maguire will move to the right Torres on the left. Torres isn't exactly the type of centre-back you'd, you'd ideally want, but look, if it's who they want, it's who they want. Um, but then Lindelof and Bailly is fine as, as backups, and you know they've got two and Zabi. They'll probably still have Phil Jones, because I just don't see that anyone's going to take a risk on him when he's missed a full year. So they'll have depth there. In midfield, they still need a holding midfielder. They've needed a holding midfielder for a couple of seasons now since Nemanja Matic fell off a cliff. But Matic can be somewhat of a backup. Then in that other role, they've got Fred, they've got McTominay, and Pogba can play there. But Pogba, Pogba doesn't work hard enough on a consistent basis to really play that role at a high level. McTominay gives you athleticism and power. Fred gives you a bit more control. He's a bit smarter. He fills the gaps. He's a better defensive player. But holding midfielder has to be priority. Bruno is a 10. Donny van de Beek is his backup. Now, he may want to go, which is understandable given how little he's played this season. But I, I suspect United will keep hold of him for the year. The big question in midfield is what to do with Pogba. Personally, as I've said before, I would sell him. And I would look to use that money to bring in that holding midfielder. Now, I know United fans will say, but we don't want Fred or McTominay in midfield. Some of them will. But look, if you've got a top-class holding midfielder and a top-class attacking midfielder in Bruno, what you really just want is someone to fill in the gaps. You need your answer to Ginny Wijnaldum. And I think Fred is that player for you. Um, in attack, they've got Rashford, they've got Martial, they've got Greenwood. They've got Diallo, they've got Dan James, and they've got Cavani. Now, Cavani, it looks like, wants to go. He hasn't really seemed to have enjoyed his time in Manchester. Probably lack of opportunities or whatever. Um, much depends on what Martial you have. If it's the good Martial, great. If it's the Martial we've seen this season, it can be questionable. A lot of people say United need to bring in a right winger. Maybe. 
you know, it, it, it's possible. Where does Greenwood play then? Or is he sitting on the bench? Because if he's on the bench, that's going to stunt his growth. Now, maybe Greenwood is your nine and Martial is the backup. And then you go J- um, Rashford with James as his backup. And then a new right winger with Diallo as the backup. And maybe that's what you want to do. And that's absolutely fine. So then you need one there. But they need starting centre-back, starting holding midfielder as their priorities. Backup right back, they definitely need. Probably a backup goalkeeper when they figure out which one they're keeping. And then if they have money, and I don't think they will, they'll bring in a right winger as well. Now, knowing how they operate, they'll spend all summer chasing someone they can't get and then buy someone they didn't really want. Um, Leicester City are in a really good position. I think you look at the goalkeeper, he's very, very reliable, but you'd probably want to start looking for a successor from now. You've got Danny Ward, who's a good quality backup, but not going to be a starter. A long-term successor to Casper is in need. They've got a good situation at fullback. Ricardo Pereira and Castanier, James Justin and Young Thomas. That is four fullbacks they can rely on. At centre-back, they've got Fafana, they've got Sayonchu, they've got Evans, they've got Benkovic, who they still own. That's a good situation at centre-back. Uh, you'd maybe like to bring one more in just for a little bit of extra depth because we've seen them have some issues this season with injuries. You don't want to be playing Ndidi there because you lose what you get from him in midfield. In midfield, they've got Ndidi, they've got Tielemans, they've got Madison. They've got Dennis Pryat, they've got Nampali's Mendy, and they have Hamza Chowdhury. I think they're set in midfield. They've got Vardy up front. Andy Ganacho. They probably want to find the long-term successor to to Vardy. I don't think it is Ganacho. I think he's going to be a good player for them, but I still think they need to sign that find that long-term successor to Vardy. Barnes off the left. I think they need a starting right-sided player. Cengiz under hasn't worked for them this season, so starting right-sided player, and then maybe some depth in the wide areas as well. Albrighton plays a lot for them. He's into his 30s. You'd want to see them get a little bit younger in terms of, you know, in terms of depth. So maybe Albrighton is one. If he's back up to Barnes, for example, and then you bring in a starting right winger and a backup right winger or a starting right winger and a backup left winger with Albrighton being the backup on the right. But they don't need much. I, I genuinely think they need two players for, for the now, one starter, one backup. And then two for the long term. But the long term goalkeeper, the long term striker. I think that's it. I think Leicester are in a great position. Um, West Ham, you want to get younger in goal. Fabianski and Randolph are both 35, I think. Um, so that would be the first area for me is, is to find a good goalkeeper who can become a starter for you. doesn't need to be an immediate starter. Fabianski still fine. Uh, Kufal is a good right back. Fredericks is okay as a backup. He wouldn't be my cup of tea, but needs must. Um, They'll want a centre-back, I think, because I think Balbuena will go. They'll have Diop, they'll have Dawson, they'll have Ogbonna. I would want one more. Someone who can potentially become a starter but doesn't, doesn't come in day one as a starter. There's a really good account on social media called West Ham Analytics. He does in-depth looks at the positions of need and comes up with long lists of players who could potentially fit in based on 
the analytical side of what Moyes tends to use as centre-backs. Now, Loke Bidet was the one player that really jumped out at me from the list he put together for centre-back. Um, he'd be a really good fit there, and he wouldn't cost the world. And you can bring him along slowly. You'll have the up there, so you'll have a pal. I, I think he'd make a ton of sense. They've got Cresswell at left back. I'd want a starter. I'd want an upgrade on Cresswell. Um, so that'll be my first area of, of for a starter will be a left back. Rice and Suchek, brilliant in midfield. You want to get depth, though. They don't have any depth behind them. So that's another area. I think they're sorted in terms of attacking midfielders with Bowen, Yarmolenko, Fernals, Benrama. They'll want to keep Jesse Lingard. I really do think they'll want to keep Jesse Lingard. So that'll be a, a starter signing. There's two starter signings that they'll need. And then they'll need depth up front. So they've got Antonio. He is injury prone. You want to get someone in that can replicate some of what he does. And maybe maybe eventually just replace him as the starter. So probably three for depth, two starters. is probably what they need this summer. Now five is a lot. They won't have the biggest budget. But if they're in the Champions League... The owners may be willing to spend a bit more cash. Um, Chelsea are fifth. I wouldn't be overly keen on the goalkeeper, but he has been serviceable and reliable. They've got other needs. I think they can let that one slide for a year. They'll still have Kepa as the backup. Personally, I would look to loan Kepa out and try and recoup some of his, or try and rebuild his value. They have been linked with Donnarumma. If he comes in, he's the starter. Mendy's the backup. And then maybe Kepa moves on somewhere. Um, if Tuchel's going to play it back three, I really like Christensen as the middle one. I think as a talker, as an organizer, I think he's ideal. Thiago Silva probably sticks around another year as a back, probably as a backup there. I think you go Zuma with Rudiger as a backup, and I think you need a left footer. So I find a left footed centre back to give you balance. Um, they'll have Aspilicueta. They've got some young players there as well. They'll be fine. One starting centre-back and a, I think a holding midfielder, an upgrade a holding midfielder. Now, Kante is brilliant, but he's not a holding midfielder. He's a ball winner. He's a destroyer. You want someone who's going to be a bit more positionally disciplined. And I'd like to see Mason Mount move back into the midfield group. Personally, I would move on. Jorginho, I would keep Kovacic, keep Mount, keep Kante and bring in that positionally diligent holding midfielder and then you've got good rotation options in the wing back positions Chilwell is good Marcus Alonso's had a bit of a, a renaissance this season so that's fine right wing back Reese James is the starter Hudson has done a really good job when he's played there so he can be a depth piece there and Aspilicueta can play there when you need him they've also got a couple of good young right backs coming through their academy so I think they're fine there and I, I wouldn't touch the attack I really wouldn't. I'd try and get uh, Olivier Giroud to stick around another season. I'd try and convince Tammy Abraham to sign a short-term extension, even if it's only one more year, and get him to stay around. But I, I think they have loads of talent attack with with Pulisic, with Werner, with Havertz. Mount can play there. Hudson-Odoi can play there. I wouldn't buy an attacker. I'd go left-footed centre-back holding midfielder, and maybe a goalkeeper if Donnarumma is available, or or just if, if somebody else becomes available that you think is, is the right fit. But I don't think Chelsea need massive work. I think they just need to develop the players they have. So much talent there. They just need to develop the players they have. Um, 
for Liverpool, they've got their goalkeeper, but I would prefer a better backup goalkeeper, a more experienced one than Kelleher. Uh, you need a backup right back to Trent. Looks like Kanate's pretty much a done deal, so they'll have Kanate, Van Dijk, Quebec, Gomez. I think that's good. Um, Robertson and Simicus, so that's sorted. So that's one starter and a backup right, a backup right back and a backup keeper. And Quebec. So actually, that's four signings in the defensive area. Um, they need one up front, for sure. They need somebody new to freshen the group up, similar to what Jota has done. I'd like to see it be a nine. I'd like to see them go for a nine. And Naziri of Sevilla is is my preferred pick, but Vlahovic of Fiorentina is a good pick. And they need one in midfield to replace Wijnaldum. Yves Basim has been linked. Uh, he makes sense. So I think Liverpool needs six players this summer to balance out their squad. Now, they've got a bunch of players they can sell, so the money, the money will work, but they've got... They've got needs. They need to sort. They need to sort out. Um, Tottenham. I I would be moving on Hugo Lloris. I would be finding a new home for him and finding a new goalkeeper. Uh, Manion at Lille, at Lille would be good. Lopez from Leon might have just passed the age we'd want to buy him, but he'd be an upgrade. Uh, but a goalkeeper for sure. Regulon and Davies alike as a situation at left back. I'd want a starting right back, and I'd I'd sell either Aurier or Doherty. I don't care which. But you want a starting right back. And they need to address centre-back. They really do. They've got a bunch of good third options. But other than Toby Alderweireld, when he's fully fit, they don't have a starting quality centre-back. Davinson hasn't developed. Roden, still not ready. May never be ready. Eric Dyer's not good enough. They need they need at least one starting calibre centre-back. And they need to just... Keep their fingers crossed on Toby Alderweireld's fitness. Um, I would look for a better version of Sissoko. I'd look to sell Sissoko and look for a better version of Sissoko to go with Heusberg in midfield. Then you've got Endembele, you've got Lo Celso. Uh, they'll probably sell Deli Ali if, if Jose stays. If not, he could get a bit of a, a rebirth as a number 10. I, I would say goodbye to Gareth Bale. You've got Bergvine, you've got Mori, you don't need him. You've got Son, you've got Kane. The Spurs don't need a whole lot, but they the areas they have, they, they do need immediate action. They need a better midfield partner for Heusberg. They need a better central defensive partner for Toby. They need a better plan for managing Toby, and they need an upgrade at right back and in goal. Um, it is a lot. They spent a lot last summer. I don't imagine they're going to keep Vinicius. He's barely played. But, yeah, they're going to need a lot. And Daniel Levy doesn't like to spend tons of money. But if he keeps Jose, he's going to have to because Mourinho's not going to settle for what's there. Um, with Everton, you'd want a starting goalkeeper. Neither Olsen nor Pickford are starter quality for a team with Champions League ambitions. You need a starting right back. Coleman will be a fine backup. I think they're fine at centre-back. I think they're good at left-back. You want one starter in midfield to go with Decore and um, and Alan. You've got a good solid backup three then in Tom Davies, Gabamon when fit, and Andre Gomes. I think the front three is fine. I really do. And then if they keep Moise Keane, I think they've got a good backup three in Bernard Keane. 
and Iwobi. So I think they're fine in attack. I think a starting goalkeeper, starting right back, and a starting midfielder, uh, midfield playmaker type. I think that's what they need. Now, not Isco. Don't sign Isco. Whatever you do, Everton, do not sign Isco. Um, Arsenal. This is a difficult one. Leno's fine for where they are. They're a mid-table team. Leno's fine. When they want to have top four ambition, so the season after next, that's when Leno needs to be replaced. They need a better right back than Bellerin. Um, I would keep Maitland-Niles as a backup there. You've got Tierney. You need a backup for Tierney. They've got Gabriel, good starter. They've got Mary and Holding fine as backups. I'd just bring back Saliba personally and start him. But if they're not going to do that, they need a starting centre-back. We'll say goodbye to David Luiz. Um, you want to move Granite Jacket on in midfield as well, ideally, and find a real partner for Thomas Partey. Now, they, they do own Guendouzi. They do own Lucas Torreira. I think you just bring them back and play them. I, I don't know what Arteta's issue is, but I I'd want still want one more in midfield. So those two plus Thomas, uh, maybe Elneny, and that's fine. And then you just go with, with a workman-like midfield. You have good passes of the ball there. You'll be fine. Focus your money on sorting that defensive side of things out. Um, Smith Rowe, Saka, they're they're going to be stars. I really like Martinelli. I like Reese Nelson. I lo- really like Eddie and Katia and uh, Balogun, the young strikers. I-, I think it's time to say goodbye to Lacazette. You've still got Nicolas Pepe there as well. You've still got Aubameyang, of course. I think a number ten or or a left winger. Decide what you want Saka to be. Decide what you want Smith Rowe to be and then buy the other one. So Smith Rowe is a a 10 and Saka's a right winger. Buy a left winger. If Saka's a left winger and Smith Rowe's a right winger, buy a 10. If Saka's a left winger and Smith Rowe is a 10, buy a right winger. But figure that out. You've got really good options. You don't need anything else in attack. You do need to consider how you get Willian away from your club, though. Um, so him and Lacazette leaving, I don't think they need as much as people think. I really don't. I think the squad is a lot better than people think. They need a backup goalkeeper as well. That's the other thing they need. Um, for Leeds, backup goalkeeper, Melier's good, but I'd want to bring in someone that can push him. I'm not a huge Luke Ayling fan, but he's, he's serviceable. I'd want a better left-back than they've had this situ- this season. So a left-back would be priority. I, I don't mind the centre-back group when everybody's fit. Lorente, Koch, Struik and Cooper. The issue is keeping them fit. So maybe you want to add one more there for a bit more depth and a bit more cover. Phillips is great. Find someone that can replicate some of what he does as a backup. Maybe Lewis Cook. Bring him back in from Bournemouth. Um, Rafinha's brilliant. You would imagine... They keep Harrison. They've got some decent, some decent width, depth. I mean, Tyler Roberts is a good player, for example. Um, so they don't need a ton there. I think they'll want to add a little bit more in the kind of two central midfield positions in front of Phillips. Rodrigo just can't stay fit enough. He's very talented, but when he plays, you want someone with him. I mean, they do have, you know, Glish is a good depth option. Dallas can play their good depth option. Can also play fullback, of course. 
I think you want want depth behind Bamford as well. I don't think Leeds need massive surgery this year. They'll go and they'll buy. For me, I, I would probably look to buy a starting centre-back, if I'm honest. Someone to start next to Llorente. Then have Cooper and Cock as the backups. And Streak as the fifth one who can also play. May, and maybe he's then the one that's the backup to Calvin Phillips, as well as, as, well as being a fifth centre-back. Um, Left-back, centre-back, and one in midfield. I think that and a couple of depth pieces and they'll be fine. Um, Villa need to upgrade at left centre back. Cash is good. Cons is very good. Target's good. Mings is a mess. But Mings is fine as a backup along with Engels. Um, they've got this. I can't think of the Welsh fella's name. I'm really sorry. He used to play for Swansea, the left back. Good player. Can't think of his name. Uh, he's fine. They need a backup right back, I think. They've got a good goalkeeper, Nemi Martinez. You probably maybe want to bring in a... They've got Tom Heaton, and so they're fine with goalkeepers. Uh, in midfield, Douglas Louise is very good. Marvellous Nakamba is a solid backup. I don't think they'll keep Barkley. I think before the injury, it was a near certainty that they would have, but he's been a disaster for like three months. Part of that is the team has been poor. Part of it is just he's an inconsistent player. But I think what will mainly happen is Chelsea will price them out of the move. Um, they've got McGinn. They can bring back Hurahan. They've got Sanson. I, I'd look to bring in one more in midfield. If it's Barkley, great. If not, bring in someone else. Yanghel Herrera, if they want to tap back into that city market. Um, I would move to a diamond and play Grealish as a 10, if I'm being honest. And then I'd look to bring in a nine to play next to Ollie Watkins. Now, I know I said Tammy Abraham, Chelsea should try and keep him. But if I'm Tammy Abraham, I want to get out of there. And I think Villa will be the perfect landing spot. Tammy and Watkins up front with Grealish behind. And then Louise is the holding midfielder. McGinn box to box. And either a Barkley or a Herrera or somebody like that also box to box. I think that's where they get real balance. Open the flanks up for cash and target. You'll have Kanza and a partner next to him. So probably just spend your money. They could probably get Herrera on loan. Maybe get him on loan with an option to buy. Go and buy Tammy. Find that left-sided centre-back to partner um, Kanza. I think then you're good. I think then you're a European-caliber team. Um, Wolves. There's going to be question marks, obviously, over the manager, but I think they need to stick with the back three because I don't think they can go and just replace everything at once. They've got a good goalkeeper in Marie Patricio. I like John Ruddy. I'd probably look to bring in a young goalkeeper who can eventually replace Patricio, start as third choice, become second choice, and eventually become first choice. Um, I'd certainly be looking to upgrade at centre-back. I'd want two centre-backs at least. Roman Sice is probably leaving. So you want to bring in one to start in place of him. I would upgrade on Cody personally. I just think he's the weakest of the three. But I imagine he's the one that keeps his place because he's the captain. Because he can play out from the back. So you look to bring in someone to play on the other side of him. So you get two to flank him. You'll have Bolly. You'll have, have Kilman. So you've got a bit of depth. Then Donker can play there as well. So that's fine. Right back, they've got Semedo, they've got Hoiver, that's fine. Left back, 
I would bring back Ruben Vinagra. I would have him and Ray and Nuri as my left backs. I would sell Johnny Otto. Uh, in midfield, they've still got Dendonker. They've still got Neves. They've still got Matinho. Vitani can play in there as well. I think one more, a bit more dynamism, a bit more box-to-box power would absolutely transform them. A bit more pace, maybe. So one in midfield, two centre-backs, one in midfield, long-term goalkeeper. I would keep William Jose as the backup to Jimenez, who you'd hopefully have back. And then you've got Adama and Neto. Now, Neto, if that's a torn patella tendon, that's a long-term injury. Probably not going to see him for a whole bunch of next season. So I think you want to bring in one winger. Um, even if they don't, I think they need a winger in anyway, another one. So don't think you can just have the two. I think you need one more to always be providing that service for for um, uh, Raul Jimenez. Probably look to loan out Fabio Silva as well. So uh, a winger, a squad winger, or you could sell a Dama and maybe buy two wingers. But as things stand, I keep a Dama. Bring in one depth winger, another option in midfield, someone with a bit more dynamism. Two centre-backs, not long-term goalkeeper. Uh, Crystal Palace need pretty much everything. Pretty much everything. I'm okay with their goalkeeper situation with Gaeta and Butland. I like their left-back situation. I would keep Van Aanholt. I would keep Mitchell. I've got Ferguson, and I would keep Klein at right-back. Centre-back, you, you absolutely need to figure out. Now, I'd be inclined to say goodbye to pretty much all of them, but they, they won't do that. You'll have Sacco, but he's always injured. You'll have Tompkins, he's always injured. Cahill is 37, maybe? 38? Uh, you'd probably keep him around for depth. Coyate's played a lot there this season. He's been quite good. That's fine. I would look to bring in at least one starter quality and then somebody young that you can develop, like a Matty Pollock from Grimsby. I think that gives you your balance. You've got Milojojevic in midfield. You've got MacArthur. I think you want one more in midfield uh, as a starter. And then you're looking to bring... You've got, like, Riedeveld. You've got a couple of others. But one starter in midfield to go with Milojojevic. And then, say, Riedeveld and MacArthur as your backups. Say goodbye to McCarthy. You've got Ezzy on the left. I would look at Michael Elise from Reading to come in on the right. You've got Zaha up front. I'd look for a better partner for him than what we've seen. I'd, I'd like to keep Mitch, Mitchie and see how he does, but it won't happen. But you have Au as a, you know, a kind of utility forward, I suppose, is the best way to describe him. Can play pretty much anywhere. But um, they've obviously got Mateta in on loan as well. He's a good player that they'll probably want to keep. I would try and keep hold of Jeff Schlupp as well. I think he's a valuable player. I would say goodbye to Andros Townsend, and I would say goodbye to Benteke. The Benteke experience has not worked at all for Crystal Palace. Uh, Southampton then. Figure out who you want in goal. You've got three good options. Figure out which one of them you're going to stick with. I think the other two are going to be fairly happy to just stick around and be Premier League players for a year anyway. Um, You need a backup right back. You need a backup left back. I would want one more in central defence. I would sell Vestergaard and go to uh, to Bednarak and Salisu. Stevens and a new backup, I think that's fine. 
I'd want another one in midfield. You've got Ward Prowse, Diallo, Romeo. I would want one more. Uh, I would keep hold of Minamino. You've got Minamino, Genepo, Walcott, I think, stays there, and Armstrong. I think that's fine. You do everything you can to keep Danny Ings. Um, you've got Ings, you've got Adams, you've got Redmond. You want one more. You want a starter next to to Danny Ings. So you get starting starter there, keep Minamino, squad player for the midfield, someone young, find another Diallo, and a young centre-back, and then some depth. They need a lot. It's a lot. It, it is a lot. It's three in defence. It's two in the midfield area, including Minamino and, and, and Walcott, actually. So three. Um, I'm on the front. So it is seven players that that they probably need for the squad to be where you really want it. But it doesn't all have to be expensive players. And Walcott will be free. You could probably pick up a, a good depth centre-back you know, on the cheap as well. Um, for Brighton... I've said before, I'm not a huge fan of the goalkeeper, but he's he's fine. If they keep, if Matt Ryan comes back, I, I'd be surprised. So I think you want a, a good quality backup goalkeeper. You've got Lamptey. I think you need to find someone that can replicate some of what Lamptey does as a backup. Carbonic, I think, as a, as a backup left back, will be grand next season. Solly March is probably out for a little while with that knee. Um, I would like to see Ryan Sessegnon brought in on loan as a left wing back. In defence, if they keep what they have, they're fine. They'll have White, Dunk, Webster, Veltman and Dan Byrne. They have that, the Norwegian chap who's on loan at um, Coventry. Is it Ostegaard? Is that his name? Um, Meant to be very, very talented. Ostegaard, yeah. Meant to be very talented centre-back. So... Maybe you just bring him back in and add him to the mix. Modra and Basuma should be your starting midfielders. Davy proper quality backup. Um, Alzate is a quality player in there as well. So you're fine in centre midfield. They need a striker. They've got they've got good players in in Mope, Trossard, McAllister. Um, I'm missing someone. Connolly. Get a number nine who scores, and even if they don't do a whole lot of anything else, if they can score and hold the ball up, perfect. Um, so they need, I think they need four players, really. Backup goalkeeper, backup right wing back, starting left wing back, starting striker. I, and I think they're top half with that. I really do. Um, for Burnley, you're finding goal with, with Pope and Peacock Farrell. I'd want to get younger at fullback. I like Taylor, get a backup for him who's not Eric Peters, who's not 35. I think a new starting right back is probably needed. Someone younger than Loughton, let Bardsley move on. You've got Tarkovsky, you've got me. You need to at least get one quality backup in there. Because behind them, the drop-off to, I think it's long and done, is massive. So get someone that can bridge that gap. Um... In central midfield, you're, you're pretty solid. You've got Cork, you've got Westwood, you've got Brownhill. I'm, I'm not a big Dale Stevens fan, but he is there. Maybe you'd want to add one more to that mix. In the wide areas, you've got Goodmanson, you've got Brady. They kind of play a season between them. You've got McNeil, who's your best player. I think you want one more in the wide areas, a starter quality player, someone that can 
take some of the burden off McNeil. You've got Chris Wood up front. Ashley Barnes, I think, should only be Chris Wood's backup and only play when Wood's not in the team. I, I think it's time to move on from playing them together. I like Jay Rodriguez. I like Vidra, but I'd probably move one of them out. I'd look to bring in a starter up front. So not a whole lot in terms of starters. I think two, someone in wide areas, someone up front, and a right back. Sorry, so three. But they do need better depth. So they probably are looking at five to six signings this summer to really have a squad capable of doing what Dyche will want them to do on a consistent basis. Um, For Newcastle, they've got a good goalkeeper. I do like Dubravka. It just depends on what shape they're going to play. They're playing a back for... Manquillo's fine as a a right back, but I'd want a better starter than him. Um, If they're playing a back five, I quite like Jacob Murphy as a wing back. But if they stick with a back four... You probably want an upgrade at right back. You've got Lachelle's. I think you want an upgrade as a partner for him. Fernandez and Shara are backup quality players. Um, Jamal Lewis, I'm a big fan of. I think you want to keep him as your left back and maybe bring in a, a backup. Or you've still got Dummett. You've got you're, you're probably fine with just keeping keeping what you have at left back. In midfield, they've got Hayden, who's a definite starter. They've got Shelby, who's a good player. And they've got the um, the Longstaff brothers, so th- that's probably all right. It's not spectacular, but it will work. You've got Sir Maximum and Almiron, and and Richie and and Murphy as depth. So that's the wide areas are fine. You've got Wilson up front, and then you've got Jolington and Gale. You need a starting striker, someone to go with Wilson, who can be another big goal threat for you. I think if they get that, a starting centre-back and a starting right-back, Newcastle will be quite good, but only if they've got a different manager. I think that's the biggest thing for them. I think they've got to change the manager. I really think it's imperative that they change manager this year. Um, Fulham's a difficult one because most of the players they have are on loan. And they'll likely be buying in the championship, but they're probably going to need a new goalkeeper, uh, at least one centre back. They own Tete, they own Robinson, they own Tosin, so that's fine. You want one centre back, and then you've got the players that brought them up: the the Bryans, the Reams, the Hectors. They, that's all fine as backups in the championship. Zambo, there's not a hope he's going to to the to the championship. Lamina won't sign on to play in the championship, even though he's had a contract. Uh, with Southampton, so they could keep him if they stay up, but they won't if they go down. You've got Harrison Reed, you've got Josh Onama, that's two good players. You want to bring in at least one more in central midfield. Luckman will leave. They might keep Magic. The 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 fee on Magic, I think, is only about eight million. I think it'd be worthwhile to keep Magic. You own Carvalho, you own De Cordova Reed. You'll obviously lose uh, Loftus Cheek, but he's been he's been pretty poor and disappointing this season. Um, I think you want one more on attack and one more as a 10. So they probably need to buy goalkeeper, centre-back, midfield. They probably need to buy six. They probably need to buy six players. They're going to lose a lot because they, they may lose Mitrovic, but he might go down again with them. They will lose Zambo. They'll lose the lone players like Luckman, who's been probably the best player after Zambo. 
They'll lose Anderson, who's been really, really good. They'll lose Ariola. They will lose Ola Aina. Now, Ola Aina's buyout again, I think, is only about $8 million, and he does want to come back to England. So maybe you could convince him to stick around. Uh, he's a very good player. He's he's one of the ones I'd want at Liverpool as a backup to Trent at right back. Um, but again, for them, I do think they need to change manager. I think if they had a good manager this season, they'd have stayed up. With that talent that's there, I, I don't think there would have been a problem. Uh, West Brom, new manager will be needed because Sam's not going to the championship. Furlong is okay at right back, especially in the championship. O'Shea is good. I think you want a starting centre-back and a starting left-back. Depends on Johnson whether you need a goalkeeper. If not, you're fine. They've got okay depth. I mean, the players that brought them up are fine in the championship, so they'll be okay for depth. You'll definitely want one starting midfielder. To go with Sayers and Livermore, you want one to start. Um, you're going to lose Yakuza. You're going to lose Maitland-Niles. I don't know if Pereira will go down with them. If he does, great, because he will be the best player in the championship next year. You've got Diangani. You've got Carlin Grant. I think you want probably, they've got Callum Robinson, got Maddie Phillips. You probably want one more in attack. So left back, centre back, one in midfield and one in attack. I think four signings, if they go down, will be fine. Four would do, and they don't, they don't need to be high-end names. They don't need to be top-end players. It's the championship. You need reliable seven out of ten performers. But they need to know if they come back up, they're going to need to spend. Sheffield United, we know they need a new manager because Chris Wilder has, has left, and they've got a, a group who seem to be overseeing it at the moment and not doing a very good job. Um Ramsdale will be the goalkeeper. They've got Bogle and Lowe as the wing-backs, and they still have Steven Seleth and Baldock. So the wing-back positions will be fine. They may end up in full-backs in a new system. Jack O'Connell is very good. Um, Egan is good. I'm not keen on Basham, but he's, he's, he's fine. I think you want one more centre-back, a right-footed centre-back. To stick with a back, it'll probably be a back four. Not many managers play a three. So you're probably going to have Bogle or Baldock, Basham or new signing, or maybe Egan and, and O'Connell as the pairing. Be a bit of an odd fit, but maybe that's what works. And then Stevens will be the left back with Lowe as the backup. In midfield, you've still got Lundstrom, who he may end up staying because I don't know what offers he's going to get. He hasn't been particularly good this season. So he may not get the offers he thinks he's going to get. So he may end up sticking around. Norwood is solid. Fleck is good. You probably want one more in midfield. They've got a couple of young midfielders. Well, not young. They're probably in their mid-20s that they did bring in um, when they were in the championship and then when they came up. Let's look at their squad for one quick second. They've got Ben Osborne, who's a good player. Say goodbye to Jack Rodwell. He offers very, very little to them. They do have um, Ishmaela Koulibaly, who they they bought last summer and loaned out to Beershot. He's a good player. They own Luke Freeman. He's the one I couldn't think of. He's a solid player. I actually, maybe they're fine in midfield. They'll they'll almost certainly lose. Sander Berger, he's not going to go and play in the championship. But 
they might be fine in midfield. In attack, it's not it's not great. I mean, they've got McGoldrick, uh, McGoldrick, he's fine. They've got McBurney, he's fine. They've got Lise Massette, who's talented but frustrating. They've got Brewster, who should be starting. They've got McBur- uh sorry, they've got Burke, who's again super frustrating. I suppose it depends on what shape you're going to play. It really does. They're probably better off going to a 4-4-2. In which case, they'll need to buy two wingers. Because they don't own a single winger. But if they bought two wingers, then the midfield group, if they could keep Lundstrom, would be fine. Lundstrom, Norwood, Fleck, Osborne. Um, that's And Freeman. That's, that's fine for a midfield group. Um, especially if they keep Koulibaly as a sixth and, and he'd probably be a starter because he's been really good by all accounts this season. But they probably need to bring in two wingers and go to a front two of probably McBurney and Brewster with Musset and McGoldrick as the backups or even McGoldrick and, and Brewster as the starters, McBurney and Musset as the um, as the depth pieces. But for the championship, they won't need a ton. Centre back and two wingers, and may- maybe three wingers to have a- to have depth. Fleck could play wide if needed. I think Lowe could play as a winger. Bogle could definitely play as a winger. I think he was a winger till he was about sixteen, anyway. Um, Burke could play as a winger if needed. So maybe just the two, two wingers and a centre back, and they're probably in decent enough shape. You'd probably maybe want to bring in a, a better backup goalkeeper than uh, than Fotheringham, but. For the championship, they should be fine. For the championship, they should be fine. The, the new manager is going to be the big thing for them. That's the that's the big question mark over them for the summer. Um, yeah, so that that's basically it. That's all 20 teams, what I think they need. Now, obviously, you may have different views. Everybody will have different views on it. But I think everybody needs, you know, three, four as a minimum. Uh, not not all starters. Obviously, some teams need far less in terms of starter players. But you know, it does go to show. I think we are going to be in for a busy, a busy summer. We, we've seen two compressed markets where teams didn't do as much as they normally would. I think this summer we could see quite quite a lot of transactions. I think we'll see a lot of clubs wanting to sell some players uh, to make up the financial gaps that they've got in their in their accounts. But all in all, I think a lot of clubs are in are in good shape. For example, I think Arsenal are in far better shape than you would immediately think by looking at ninth position in the league. But again, they'll have question marks over the manager. Um, Shall we wrap up with the gossip? Because it's what we do. England striker Harry Kane wants to stay in the Premier League and go to either Manchester United or Manchester City if he was to leave Tottenham. That's from the Independent. Um, Brazil striker Neymar says signing a contract extension at Paris Saint-Germain is no longer an issue and he feels very comfortable. Of course he feels comfortable. To pay him about 40 million a year, he plays 30 games. Manchester United want to swap, want to re-sign Cristiano Ronaldo from Juventus and would consider a swap deal in which Paul Pogba would return to Juve. That's a deal I think works for both teams. Genuinely. I think that's a deal that works for both teams. Um, United also want a summer deal for Rafa Varane from Real Madrid, who is valued at 60 million. I'm sure they do. I mean, I'm sure most clubs would like a summer deal from, from Rafa Varane, or for, for Rafa Varane. 
United and Chelsea are interested in Juventus's Argentina for, uh, international forward Paolo Dybala. He doesn't really make sense for United at all in any way, shape, or form because he's he's not a nine and Bruno plays as a ten. He's not pacey enough to play it wide, and you'd be wasting him. He doesn't fit for United. He doesn't really make sense for Chelsea either. Tottenham think Wolves boss Nuno Espirito Santo could be a potential successor to hold to Jose Mourinho. I don't personally, um, but you know it is what it is. Chelsea remain keen on Uruguay and Atletico Madrid defender uh, Jose Maria Jimenez, but prefer Sevilla's French on the 21 centre-back Jules Koundé. Jules Koundé is probably the best young centre-back in the world, along with Matthias De Ligt. However, his buyout clause is like 80 or 85 million. Now, if Chelsea are moving to a four, he makes, well, he makes sense in a, even in a five, because he can play right side, he can play in the in the central role either. But in a four, he can play right side or left side. Uh, he's he's great. Jimenez only really makes sense in a four. You don't really want to play him in a five unless he's playing the middle role. Now, if that's happening, then Andreas Christensen needs to get on to his agent and ask to go. But both of them very, very good. Kunde is the one I would go for. Jimenez it would be great if not for the injuries. Jimenez would be a top five or six centre-back in the world if not for injuries. But he is frequently injured multiple times a season. Uh, Real Madrid remain confident of signing Kylian Mbappe, but the 22-year-old staying at PSG cannot be ruled out. Real Madrid are confident of signing everybody because it's what they've always done. Uh, they don't care what other th- other teams think or what their financial situation are uh, financial situ- situation is. Barcelona will make an offer to Manchester City striker Sergio Aguero, but will not match the 10 million euro per year salary offer made by Juventus. Um, yeah, they will. Barca pays silly wages as well. And uh, if they want to keep Messi, they probably need to have Aguero. Everton are interested in signing Max Ahrens from Norwich, but want to try and reduce the 21-year-old's 30 million asking price. Would make a ton of sense. Fills one of their biggest needs. Hugely talented player. Can play right back or left back. Can, can also play as a winger if needed. Um... 30 million is steep, but for a player of his talent, if they paid it, I think it'd be a good deal. I think you'll get a long time out of Max Ahrens. And then you've got Ahrens, Godfrey, Holgate, and Dina as your long term defense. I think that's good. Uh, and and Young and Kunku there as the long term successor to, to Dina. So do that, sort your goalkeeper, get that midfielder in, and, and bring back Moise Keane. And I honestly think Everton will be in really good shape. Spurs are looking at a move for 23-year-old Austria striker Sasa Kalicic, who plays for Stuttgart. Um, he's six foot seven. He's a very good player. Um, could play with Kane or instead of Kane. As I said earlier, I don't think they keep Vinicius. He would make sense, um, but he won't be cheap. He won't be all that cheap. Boca Juniors want to sign Arsenal midfielder Lucas Torreira, who's currently on loan at Atletico Madrid who do not want to make his move permanent. Now, uh, Arsenal paid over £20 million for him. There's not a hope that they're going to get half of that off Boca. He, he's too good at 25 to be going back to play in South America. He may want to do it, but it will be a waste of his of his potential, his career. Uh, Arsenal should be making him a fixture in their, in their squad, at least. Even if he's not a starter, he should be a third centre midfielder. He's very, very good. Very, very good. He's just badly managed by Unai Emery. Um, Leeds want to sign Brest left-back Romain Peru, but face competition from Peru, maybe. 
face competition from Leon. Uh, left back, definitely a position of need for them. So hopefully they, they can get something done there. Leeds have made an inquiry about Sampdoria defender Omar Colley as they consider a move for the Gambia centre-back, who's 28. Like I said, centre-back, definitely a position that you probably want to address. Um, Ivory Coast central defender Eric Bailly will reject the new contract at Manchester United and wants a summer transfer. His deal is due to expire at the end of next season. If he goes, then they'll need two centre-backs, a starter and a backup. Aston Villa are preparing to receive a big offer for Emiliano Martinez this summer. The 28-year-old Argentine is reportedly a target for Manchester United. Um, I, okay, like he's been great this season, but I would just say to them, look, we want our money back and we want Dean Henderson. We paid 20 million for him, we want 20 million and Dean Henderson. That's what we want. United are... We'll probably do it. Look, they might even take Tyron Mings off you for for forty million, and then you just go and replace him too. Uh, it would be a big low, big blow to lose um, Martinez. Though he has been really, really good for Villa. I do think Arsenal made a mistake selling him. Um, Valencia have offered Portugal winger uh, Gonzalo Guedes to Wolves. He would be a great fit. I said they needed a winger. I think he'd be a great fit. He's a very talented player, can also play inside as a striker, suits the Portuguese um, commune they've got building there. So, yeah, I, I would do that if I was Wolves. Wolves, Portuguese left-back Ruben Vinagre is wanted by Benfica. I wouldn't even consider it. I would bring him back and make him part of the squad. He is He's too good to let go. He's only 22, huge talent. They already made one big mistake with João Concalves, who they let go a couple of years ago. Uh, don't make the same mistake again. Fulham, Monaco and Genk are interested in signing Chelsea's 22-year-old English striker, Ike Ugbo, who is on loan at Circle Brew. Now, he's 22. I, I genuinely, I don't think I've ever seen him play. He's never played a game for Chelsea. He's got 113 senior club appearances, though. He played 18 times for Barnsley, scored twice. 17 for Milton Keynes Don, scored twice. 16 for Scunthorpe, scored once. Went to Rhoda in the second division in, in um, Holland, scored 13 and 29, so did very well there. Uh, he's currently playing in the top division in Belgium. For Circle Bruges, he's got 16 and 33. So the Continental game does seem to suit him far better than the Premier League or the, than the English game. So Genk is probably the best move for him in terms of player development. That's what they do. It's their whole focus. Um, that, yeah, would make a lot of sense. Now, for Fulham, I suppose if they're selling, if they were to sell Mitrovic, he could make sense. Maybe him and Maja. A little bit of Nigerian magic up front could work well together. They, that, that could be something to look at. Anyway, that's it. That's the show for today. A little bit of a long one, but you know, you'll forgive me that. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye.
Social Podcast Network.